Yeah, usually it's just like I lean away and then lean forward. What the f is going on down there? Welcome to episode 475, that's four and three quarters of WTF at TFW. I'm joined by Seth the First. Hello. Welcome, Seth the First. It's very hot here. Yeah, I saw that uh, San Francisco suddenly became uh, unbearable. Yeah, like, I think it hit 100 in, in the city, which is unheard of. Mm-hmm. And set records. It was... I think we hit 104 here yesterday. But, like, at 10 o'clock at night, it was still, like, 80 out. (laughs) That's not cool. It's September. That's supposed to stop. Oh, yeah. It's Um, almost as though the climate's changing. Yeah, like, a hot day for this time of year is, like, kind of low mid-80s. But Mm -hmm. we should be, like, hovering between, like, mid-70s and low-80s this time of year around here. And right now, as we're recording, it is 98 degrees. So I, I saw, I saw. Um, I was going to ask you, on, did, have you had many people from hot states like Arizona and Florida start telling you how it's not really all that hot? Um, well, I haven't been complaining about it much on Twitter because that always happens. Yeah. People go, oh yeah, well, over here. Or if it's a cold day, it's like, oh man, it's cold out today. Oh yeah, well, we have 20 inches of snow. It's like, okay, well, that's what a cold day where you live is. It's a cold day for here. <laughs> All right, so you've been, you've been spared the annoying part. Yeah, well, I'm I hope, just I- not broadcasting my, my problems. <laughs> you should broadcast it, and then you should just start combating the weirdos who live in the hot places. Yeah, and today's not so bad, but there's like this huge wildfire kind of a ways from here. Yeah, I saw that you guys the direction, have... Uh, huh? You guys have a similar thing to what's happening in BC, where you also have like hell sort of just growing. Yeah, like uh, there's there's a massive massive fire down near LA. This one's big, but it's pretty far away. But like the direction of the wind, like all the smoke has been coming this way, mm-hmm. so it just smells smoky and gross, and it's hazy and cloudy, and yep. then then that is helping hold in the heat. So and it's not helping. Yeah, over over in BC, because of the dry heat, there's been like a, a prolonged forest fire that caused like air quality problems and uh, the color of the sky changed in some places. Mass evacuations. It's been pretty terrible. Yeah, Friday was like the worst day for the smoke and the haze. Like there's these like if you stand outside of my work and look down the street, there's these hills in the distance, and usually you could see those hills crystal clear. You could practically make out individual trees, um, but with the the smoke and everything on Friday, you could barely see the hills hopefully, through just the yellow. The hopefully, haze. they're they're still there. Uh, well, yeah, come you, later next you week. can see them now. Ah, okay, you can see them now. You can almost see them through this window. Well, you almost wish you could file a lawsuit against fire like that, against heat like that. Yeah, you know who did file a lawsuit? Hasbro. Hasbro not being in a, bros. In a topic I like to call Bumblebee Galities, Hasbro has filed a lawsuit against DC Comics over the Bumblebee trademark. Because uh, Hasbro didn't have Bumblebee for a little while. 
It was quite a, a moment in 07 when 06. they got Bumblebee back. Uh, and DC so has... Hot Spot or whatever that guy's name was. Hot Hot Shot, I think. Hot Shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so DC also has a character named Bumblebee. Uh, and it seems like now Hasbro is taking some action. So I figured this would be fun just to bring up briefly because I also have no real opinion on this whole thing because uh, this is this is the epitome of giant soulless corporations fighting with each other over money. So, uh, you know, they can all have fun. Um, apparently, Hasbro's main beef is that Mattel's putting out a toy called Bumblebee because of the uh, the DC Supergirls franchise. And... Uh, Similarly, Lego was going to put out a set called Bumblebee, and maybe Hasbro is still a little bit sore about the whole Creo thing. Um, so, you know, uh, that's happening. Uh, if there's any major spillouts or, or changes over that, we'll try to jump back in and take a look. Seth, do you have any opinion on this yourself? Well, it, I'm sure it's one of those deals where it's like, if they don't defend their copyright, then there's a good chance they're going to lose it sort of a thing. So they have to sue DC or mm. threaten to. Um, I wonder if I wonder if Mattel and DC could just do like what Hasbro do with names like Jazz and just be like DC's Bumblebee <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Or take one of the old Hasbro names, like just start calling her Goldfire. Start calling her Gold Bug. Yeah, Gold Bug. Um, anyway, I, I don't know too much about uh, the character of Bumblebee from DC. I know that she is a character, but that's about it. Yeah, I know nothing about her, really. I just Google image searched and went, oh, this doesn't look familiar. Um, she certainly somebody is Somebody did fan art that's Derek Wyatt style of her. Yeah, <laughs> and she is definitely more, um, how do you put this? She looks more like someone who would be called Bumblebee. Yeah. Well, she looks like the Wasp from Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, well, no, the Wasp is a Wasp. She's a bee. Right. But so, so Marvel's the Wasp. She could shrink and has wings. <laughs> and she shrinks. Like, there's a lot of characters between DC and Marvel where it's basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um. So, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying like, oh my God, DC ripped off the Wasp. As far as I know, Bumblebee predates the Wasp. I don't know when this character was created, but both, both companies have characters that are ripoffs of each other. So mm. uh, I'm not criticizing anybody for doing that, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's just Hasbro like, well, if we don't threaten to sue them, then the next person that comes along and tries to use the name, we're not going to be able to do anything about and certainly the fact that they're going to have a Bumblebee movie next year uh, is also probably playing into it. Like, they got to get aggressive on it. Yeah, but I, also, I don't know how much, like, market confusion this is going to cause. Because mm -hmm. it's that toy is going to be part of a, a young girl targeted toy line. Um, it's of an African-American woman. And then... The Transformer Bumblebee is more targeted as a boy toy thing and as a big robot that turns into a car. It's not exactly like either character is stepping on the other one's toes in that way. But yeah, well, one's a one's a friendly looking superhero, the other one's a yeah. sometimes terrifying looking robot. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes a terrifying acting robot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, in some yeah. ways, in some ways, I'm kind of like, you know what? Maybe take the name away from from that that movie robot. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not what's at stake here at all. And a lot of time, well, like in that last movie, pretty much everyone just refers to him as B anyway. But yeah, I'm sure it's just that copyright nonsense. Like, well, we gotta. If we don't, then yeah, we're gonna lose. So it. we'll we'll see who wins that copyright boxing match. Um, when it comes down to it. Uh, in the meantime, we also got a listener question here from Maharg83. Uh, who, who sends greetings to the podcastials of WTF at TFW. Uh, it's a fairly short question. Uh, quote, we all know the original G1 toy line was an amalgamation of Diaclone and Microman toys. But my question to you is, with your knowledge of transforming toys outside of Transformers, uh, what would you use if you were to create the Transformers as a new toy line today? Uh, thanks. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the subject. So I, I thought about this a lot because this should be an easy question to answer. And the problem of trying to answer this question, especially in 2017, is how much Transformers has informed transforming robot toys, for the most part, uh, outside of stuff that Bandai does. So it's, I find this really difficult to answer, because a lot of yeah. transforming toys are very Transformers-like. Yeah, and but in, in that case, both Diaclone and... Microman were owned by the same company. They both came from Takara, and Hasbro licensed that stuff. Um, yeah, and, and without Transformers, I don't think Takara would exist today. Yeah, they would have been wholly subsumed by Tomy, and we would just have Tomy. I think. Yeah, and then it would be well, okay, if we find another toy line that has transforming robots and we choose that then we're wiping that property out of existence um to make it be transformers and yeah. then i don't like i i'm having trouble thinking of any current toy lines right now that really have transforming robots so the only ones i can think of and this is i think the only path that this makes sense to me that korean stuff yeah there are a lot of lines in korea right now that are transforming robots so i figure if Young Toys and Sonokong, you know, ran into a wall with what they were doing, then I, you could say you could create the Transformers out of Sonokong's Hello Carbot and uh, Young Toys uh, Tobots, along with some of their other lines, maybe. But their other lines are a lot more Power Rangery, whereas these two lines are just transforming cars and mm -hmm. jets. So I think you would be looking to those Korean lines as as creating the Transformers of today, because a lot of those characters, you know, they have slightly different aesthetics all across the board. So did Transformers at first. I think you could make it work where it's like maybe the Tobots or the Autobots and the Hello Carbots are the Decepticons because they all look more angular. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of other than dipping into Bandai. And it's like, I, I don't think Bandai would be in the position to need to do that. Ever, yeah. so i'm not sure I, th I think it would come out of korea myself um even then that's weird because like there is uh, a little bit of transformers dna in those lines and then like there is a tobot figure that is literally a transformer cybertron design uh skeleton wise so yeah it's, it's nuts when you think about like if you think that the transformers never happened it's like what would transforming robot toys even be right now outside of bandai like, I don't know, man. Go bots. That was Bandai. So <laughs> Yeah, guess. well I'm saying if Transformers never existed, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then I guess GoBots so. would have been the thing that influenced everybody else. Yeah. Or the thing that came after. It would have rolled over to Machine Robo. We would have. Bandai would be the super king, I guess, of the toy aisle. Because they would have the transforming sentient robots and the transforming piloted robots. And this is, well, okay, that made it sound like transforming robots are also the key to being the king of the toy aisle, which is not true, but I have my biases. Uh, yeah, I hope that answered your question, Maharg83. This is one I'd love to open up to listeners as well, um, just in case, like, anyone knows about other lines that I just don't know about. Um, like, I do have a, I do have my biases. I need, I need the things to turn into robots that are sentient uh, in certain ways. So, you know, let us know in the thread. Um... We do have some new, you know, Transformers do exist, so we do have some new Transformers coming out. There is a new, a new line coming out, which is also getting a new cartoon. Um, it's rumored to be called Cyberverse, uh, and a lot of the designs are coming from some of the Transformers art books and and uh, design documents that were done over the years. Emiliano Santalucia has said some of this stuff is based on some stuff he's drawn, like the Grimlock specifically. So we've had some leaks of uh, packaging art and then the Grimlock instruction sheet, which is our first look at in detail, like, what one of the toys of this series looks like. Uh, so it's a seven-step Grimlock, and I'm kind of into the aesthetic, not as a main line, but, uh, it's taking, like, the, the instructions are very much aping the look of the current R.I.D. line, um, and, and it looks to me like it's, like, Pretender Grimlock turns into Action Master Grimlock. Uh, like, that's the kind of aesthetic I'm getting from it. And then uh, we also had a leak. There's there's a bigger thing in this picture we'll talk about afterwards. But you can also see in the bottom right of this photo that leaked out, apparently a mock-up of the Megatron from this line. Um, so, I don't know. Like I'm certainly not, like, saying this is, this is like, the best stuff ever. But as a sideline and something that's a bit more fun and, and also a bit of a retro throwback, I'm kind of digging it. Um, Seth, how are you feeling about uh, this Grimlock and some of this other packaging art? Based on the look of the Grimlock, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this toy line looks like Baby's first G1. Totally, totally. <laughs> it it looks like Baby version of Grimlock, like little kid version of Grimlock, where the original G1 Grimlock was supposed to be for kids. This looks like it's for little kids. Um. I can't wait to find out what Megatron turns into. I believe it's confirmed to be a tank. Yeah, he's usually a tank. Which I'm fine with, you know? It's a lot easier to make a toy turn into a tank as well. Less yeah, compromise. A, what is a tank? Except for a big gun with a motor, yeah. so it drives around. It's a gun that doesn't need to be held, which means it's a better gun. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bigger gun. Because um, there was also, I didn't put it in the topic list, there was like a set of six figures with alt modes that are going to go with like a, a kid's book. Um, where instead of transforming, it's just like you get the robots and the alt modes as separate figures packed in with the book. And uh, it seems to be related to this cyberverse thing as well. Yeah. Um, the main reason that this, this resonated with me is that Grimlock's robot mode. Like to me, that looks like an action master with a backpack. And, uh, and I have a thing for the Action Master aesthetic, so I don't know. Like, I feel like that's that might be what they leaned into. And Yeah, yeah. I mean, does... Yeah, those Action like, Masters kind of had a, their deal. Yeah, like the bigger head, you know? Yeah. It's the size of his robot head that's really setting me off with that. Um, yeah, it's just... I, I don't know if I agree with this idea of, of using, uh, effectively, the G1 designs for this line, because... 
Oh, um, why, I, why not be new? Yeah, I, I that is the only thing for me as well. Is I'm like, if the next kids line is going to just be G1 imagery, that's essentially cut off all original Transformers imagery in the toy line. Like, that's the one upside of stuff like Rescue Bots and R.I.D. is they get to be really creative and out of the box if they want to be. And certainly, like, if this is the next, like, that demographic cartoon in line, that's 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 a bit of a bummer because then it's like, we got Generations, and then for the kids, we got Generations. <laughs> yeah, we have simple Generations. Yeah. Like, I wonder if they're thinking, like, is it either... We want to cut down on confusion and have Optimus Primes that look kind of the same for the different demographics, or is it they've just given up and it's going to be nothing but G1 inspired all the time? And I think that might be a real bad move. It doesn't make me feel confident is what I would say. As much as, like, I I like the toys. Yeah, it worries me they're going to paint themselves into a G.I. Joe-like corner where they're just afraid to not have Duke and Snake Eyes fighting Cobra. And every time that they do G.I. Joe, it has to be real American hero versus Cobra G.I. Joe. Yeah. And they just won't do anything new, and then they're going to stagnate, and this is all gonna get screwed (laughs) i have hopes that like we're not in like that kind of dire position given that it sounds like rid like rid got four seasons so it can't have done terribly and like rid's whole like fourth season has or a lot of the show has been like bumblebee's the leader here's a bunch of decepticons that are like literally not the g1 decepticons we'll have them pop in name wise now and then but like like this season has primarily been bumblebee and his team fighting the stunicons uh, with the Stunicons being the main antagonists, uh, which I thought was a, like a nice, you know, aside from them being the G1 names, um, it's a nice another way to shake it up and keep it fresh, you know? Like, we're going to have this gang of five speed freaks now be the main antagonists. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's like the, the new line is going to be called Cyberverse. I was like, ooh, what could that mean? Oh, it means G- Generation 1, apparently. Yeah. Why not just why not go all the way? Why not call a Transformers the beginning? Do all the G1 style <laughs> characters. <beginning>. The cartoon <laughs> is basically a reboot of the Generation 1 cartoon. Just give in, go all the way with it, give up. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> There's they've decided that they're not going to do anything original anymore. Is this a hard swing from the movie not performing as well as they hoped? That that can't be possible because these toys had to have been been in production. Maybe they knew. Maybe they anticipated it. (laughs) Yeah, we don't think this time is going to work out. As they were developing the movie toys, they're like, "This is this is going to blow up in our faces." I also wonder if this is going to be like a six month long line or something. Like if this is going to be like what Classics was in '06, but it's getting a little cartoon as well. Like. I don't know. Well, if it's going to have a show, it's got to be more than a six-month line. I don't know how long the show is going to be, though, or even what the nature of it is going to be. Like, it might just be, like, short ten-minute things. And it, it yeah, might if not it's even like a web like... series, then probably, but that seems more like something that they would do for the older line. I don't, I don't know. know. It's, it's weird. I, it, they're, I, they're also... I don't think it's a good idea. 
Rescue Bots is getting a web series uh, coming up, I believe. Hmm. So that's that's also getting something going on. I don't know. They, they, I don't think they've said anything that confirms like a legit seasonal 22 minute episode season of anything. So given that these are also the same designs, like the same characters that got used for uh, what is it? Cyber Battalion. And that got used for when Creo like moved to transforming designs briefly. Like, I don't know. This could all, this could be just as interstitial as anything else. Um, yeah, I, guess. I guess we'll find out when it happens. But if this yeah. is the kids line with a TV show, I think it's a bad move. Oh, yeah. That that, that would just, be a bummer. That's just me personally. No, I, I think it would suck to not have a place for Transformers to to not be very G1 referential. Like the Rid Decepticons are the gigantic wall of amazing designs. Uh, that certainly would not exist in a G1 alike cartoon. I just hope for these toys that all the robot modes are similar to that Grimlock. Like I want them to all have slightly big heads and that Action Master stature. Yeah. Because that would that would get me interested in them, especially if they're affordable. Um, my main worry is, are these going to be sold for twenty Canadian bucks a piece, like Rid Warriors were in a lot of places? That would be a bummer too. Uh, yeah, and it, and it's like it's like you do G one. To get the nostalgia by and activate the nostalgia thing. But this line is being targeted in a targeted at an age group that were either the kids that would have had the nostalgia or the parents of the parents would have had the nostalgia, or we're even getting to the point where young parents are going to be more Beast War kids than uh, than G1 kids. Because like I, I, I was a G1 kid, and I'm in my early 40s. Like, I, I got an answer I could give you, uh, which, and this is maybe assuming the role of corporate, but in my mind, one could say the G1 designs were so well done, why not introduce them to a new generation of kids who, when they then get older, can look back and see, oh, there's also decades of product I can get into. And decades to come of product I can get into that's aimed at the 80s. Like, it might be a way to create a cycle that works kids towards generations stuff. Um, if I were to think in that vein. Uh, maybe. Uh, either way. But, I mean, it felt like when there was a resurgence of all this stuff a few years ago. And they started doing Generations and the 25th anniversary G.I. Joe and stuff. That's when my age group was the the young parents mm-hmm. or or the the more active parents or the parents that would have had kids that were now old enough for that that age group of toys and now i got to imagine that 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 group are the beast war kids certainly but the i think the weird thing about i think we talked about this a year or two ago the weird thing about transformers is even beast wars had an ingrained at times like yeah. reverence and nostalgia for G1. So it's like there's there's well, a they chain. Well, they went into the arc. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a thread and a chain that can lead back to that. Uh, yeah. That That is probably tappable if you want to, you know, create a new hook for another generation yeah. of people well, to buy your stuff. Uh, yeah. This just feeds into like a thing I was saying last time, last odd episode was for years now, I've had this feeling that beast war resurgence has to be imminent and just never is and like just thinking about that like who 
who would be the young parents right now is just another thing that gets me thinking like how how is the beast war resurgence not happening not that i, I necessarily want it because i'm not that much of a beast war fan but it just seems like it's supposed to have happened <laughs> yeah i know there was a period on this podcast many years ago where we thought by now we would be seeing the beast wars resurgence yeah uh and i i definitely like as i think about it more there is a way that a beast wars resurgence could in instead just be turned into more g1 um you know just show people like hey it's beast wars anniversary remember the time they went into the ark and saw optimus prime optimus prime's great here's a red truck optimus prime for the anniversary of beast wars here's a great uh, megatron that turns into a tank yep uh yo you guys like starscream he was in an episode of beast wars he possessed waspinator but he looked like starscream for a second uh, in that photo with that Megatron was also a mock-up of Power of the Prime's Predaking. Uh, this is in line with the mock-ups that we saw uh, before, um, and also that we saw at, like, Bacon 07 in the Hasbro tour, where, like, this is not meant to literally be what the toy looks like. This is just supposed to be representing the character, the size, the shape, and the colors and stuff. Uh, so that's kind of cool um, to see, like, for me anyway, like, on a toy development level. This certainly doesn't really tell us anything about Power of the Prime's Predaking, except he's going to be A, big, and B, look like Predaking. Um, the shoulder cannons are there, so that's nice that they're keeping that there. The, the knuckle dusters with spikes are there, so that's also nice. The wings are there. Um, that's neat. You know, it seems like they're on the right track if this is, in fact, for real, uh, a Predaking mock-up. Uh, I don't know, Seth, uh, remember, do you remember any of those mock-ups from, from previous BotCons photos or, or the Hasbro tour? um well i remember the hasbro tour i don't yeah. i don't really remember anything like this though maybe i just they, forgot uh, but it was in it was in one of the cases and it was like a kit bash it looked amazing because it was like someone took a couple model kits oh and just, yeah and just like reassembled them to look like a robot and we're like what if they took they took model kits of a vehicle uh type and then we're like hey what if this vehicle turned into a robot here's what the robot would look like and it was just yeah. a mock-up I remember that now. Now that you mention it, that rings the bells. Yeah. Um, I could totally buy this, though, as being a final design if it was like one of those big, cheapo, limited articulation figures that Hasbro loves doing now. Oh, yeah, the, the soap models. Yeah. They're, here, they're literally this not. this box of like five huge Marvel superheroes. That's what they're yeah. called. They're, they're not made of that. They're not made of that vinyl, I've been told. I, I got... almost ordered one of those by accident off Amazon yesterday <laughs> when I was looking back at um, Force Friday exclusives and stuff. Mm -hmm. It was like one of those red guard guys. Oh, but it was like the big soap bottle version? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm glad I noticed, like I put it in my basket and then there was another one of those guys that was a, a little bit more. I'm like, wait, why is this guy more expensive than the other one? And then I went and looked more closely. I went, oh, no, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Remove from cart. I, I tend to call them soap bottles now because whenever I see them, they look to me like a uh, a novelty soap bottle where you could, like, screw yeah. the head off the toy and, like, shampoo would come out. Yeah. Uh, it's just that stature and that certain roundness and shininess. Apparently, they sell super well. So, you know, grats on cracking a formula. Yeah. Also, those Red Guard dudes for that Star Wars movie, mm -hmm. I bet they have 30 seconds or less of screen time. 
Yep, they they look like the design made to sell some toys that is not in the movie very much. Yeah, they're going to be like those awesome red dudes from the last movie that had that really cool figure that was one of the first, if not the first wave of Force Awakens black figures. And then they're just sort of behind a guy for two shots. Oh, those things <laughs> that look like robot Deadpools or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I forgot about those. I but they're going to be kind of along that line. Like, Snoke's going to walk out, and they're going to be standing there, and then you'll never see him again. Hey, that... Every Snoke toy looks terrible, but in a great way. Yeah, well, Snoke looks terrible. Have you seen the four-inch figure that comes with a throne, but he doesn't have knee bends, so when he sits in his throne, his feet are just sticking straight out? Wait, it doesn't bend? Well, no, the, the six-inch one with the cloth robe has, like, knee okay. bends. Yeah, but there's, like a that's four- the one I ordered off the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> off of the thing. There, there's a, <laughs> I saw photos of the four-inch one, you know, like the five points of articulation one? Yeah. Where his legs are articulated like a 70s toy, where there's just, like, two big chunks of robe. And so he has a throne to sit in, and when he sits in it, it's just his feet are just sticking straight out, like he's planking his legs, and it's hilarious. Yeah, because that six-inch throne one was a, is a GameStop exclusive. And when you said that his knees didn't bend, I got a little scared. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that, I that ordered one. that. <laughs> I'm like, I saw, oh, no. <laughs> I saw a picture of that one sitting in a chair with his knees bent. That, I, I can't deal with the color of that robe, though, on that one. That's a terrible. Oh. It, in every way and shape and form, that color is, like, precisely nauseating to me. <laughs> Take it up with Kathleen Kennedy. She's I the boss. I did. You know, I, I sent her a stern letter. I said, that looks like urine dried in a Kleenex. And a harshly worded email. Didn't get any replies. In fact, I was somehow blocked on email. Uh, anyway, uh, a lot of this stuff, the Cyberverse series, if that's what it really is called in this Predaking, I bet you we're going to find out more next weekend at Hascon when they do Probably. their presentations. They put up a, uh, a teaser of some art from Power of the Primes that totally rolls with those leaks, where it's like three pieces of Dinobots and then like a Fembot foot. Uh, so it seems like those leaks are, are probably on the mark as well. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Looking forward to talking about the Hascon stuff. Hopefully they send the slides out. Uh, that would be very helpful after the fact. Um, meanwhile, Seth, we've got a second listener question. Okay, let's do it. This comes from Vorox4251, uh, who calls out to the people who dare stare at this. And says, in Australia at the moment, the last night deluxes and rid appear to be the lines shelf warming the hardest with at the time of this writing, no wave to and the time of this writing being uh, September. Wait, this is September 2nd. Yeah, September 2nd. Uh, no wave two. Uh, last night deluxe is being found at retail. My local Kmart not stocking any rid warriors and very little else from that line. While we instead have received a plentiful amount of Titans return, including my local Kmart having three slug slingers. You lucky bastard. And considering I am not in an overly populous area, my local stores continue to sell out of all the Titans Return figures they get. Uh, So he's in Australia. Uh, He asks, is this currently the case in North America? And if so, do you all find this worrying or exciting as a trend? Is this a sign that generations may be the way to go in the future or what? Thanks for taking your time to answer this and good click, sirs. So uh, it sounds to me like this past year, Canada and America have actually been very different from each other as far as distribution. But certainly, uh, that's I not, have not the only way. That's right. We also have different money and different people and different stuff going on. Uh, but I, I know that 
wave two of the last night uh, has started showing like Canada has had a lot more luck with deluxes, but not with Voyagers. Uh, and it sounds like America has had generally more luck with Voyagers, but not deluxes. So it's all kind of weird. Um, I don't think it's like worrying myself. I, I don't find it exciting either because I'm not finding what I want. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's just it's just, you know, stuff gets ordered. There are three different lines to order from right now. And eventually, like, uh, as we've talked about before, when when big box corporations order stuff, they just order cases and they get sent whatever happens to be new. And then they add it to the stack. But it's uh, it's what is it? First in uh, first out. So they'll stack up like wave two and three or whatever. But then when they want want to send new shipments out, if they still have wave one, that's what goes out. Uh, or if wave one's the only thing, that's what goes out to refill empty shelves. So I don't think it's worrying I don't even know if it's a trend. It just seems to be like a symptom of warehouses and how they work. Yeah. Well, from my observations and toy huntings, there was definitely an amount of time where um, the Titans Return stuff just kind of disappeared from almost everywhere. Mm. And I assumed it was to make space for the movie toys. Um. Titan or not Titans the uh, R.I.D. stuff never seemed to really disappear. It would like get thin. The Kmart around here, that's the only Transformers they had been stocking. I haven't been in Kmart since the movie stuff came out. Mm. But uh they they never carried uh Titans Return at all. They only carried R.I.D. And so I don't know like so I would see R.I.D. stuff more frequently. Like Titans Return stuff starting to reappear. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was a case of R.I.D. stuff selling out all the time and RID and movie shelf warming, or if it was a case of stores just focusing on those things and not restocking Titans Return. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I don't know if that stuff has been shelf warming. It seems like the movie stuff has been shelf warming. But I don't know if yeah. <laughs> RID had been... I don't know if it's shelf warming or if it's just getting restocked more often. Movie Wave 1 was was unfortunately, I think, built to shelf warm in a way. <laughs> uh, well, it was made out of a, of, uh, of uh, asbestos. And it was made other, out of shel- shelf warmium. It's a new, yeah. new plastic um, they came up with. That pink insulation stuff. It was made out of that pink insulation stuff. Yeah, it keeps you, it keeps you toasty. Uh... I, I, I wonder, like, I was just coming up with a scenario in my head, so I have no, nothing to back this up. This is just me hypothesizing 100%. Like, I wonder if, if like, you know, the big... I always imagine big box retail corporations are all run by people who look the same. Like, that big, like, you know, from the 70s, 80s sitcom, the big, bald, kind of fat guy with a cigar, who's like, oh, show me what the kids want to see now. So that's this is already, like, rooted in complete misinformation. But I wonder if the, the one of those who owns Kmart was like, I just want the Transformers for the kids. I want the ones for the kids. Which show me the ones for the kids. And the Hasbro slideshow people are like, well, here's Robots in Disguise, the one aimed at the kids right now. And so he's like, I just want to order that one. Like, I wonder if that's what happened with Kmart. Well, the guy the guy that runs the Kmart in, in your mind is actually the guy that runs the holding company that currently owns Kmart. And right, the only time right. he thinks about Kmart <laughs> isn't what the kids want. It's how many more stores can we close. <laughs> 
yeah, this th- there is a different reality when it comes to Kmart <laughs> in, in America that is worth putting in there. Like, we know, still I, have some of those open. Shut down twenty five. Like yes, I sir. didn't, I didn't know, or I forgot that Kmart still exists in Australia. So, like, that's me learning something from this listener question. I uh, <laughs> there, there's one. A ten-minute walk from where I work, and sometimes I forget it's there. <laughs> I sometimes have popped into one near the border between New York State and Ontario, and it always feels just like it's a... It feels like a building lost in time, staffed by people who are lost in time. Yeah. Who are, oh, yeah. They're, they're all just trying to find a way home. <laughs> but instead, they're stuck in this store that's trapped in a temporal vortex... And it's it's just sucked all of the, the, the gusto out of them. And they're like, you know what? Maybe since we're all going to be immortal staying in this store forever, we'll just stay here. This is the impression I always get from a Kmart. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think that when it comes to, like... When it comes to line shelf warming and stuff, one of one of the, the other things about that, which always makes me hesitant to, like, set down, like, I think this is what's happening, is... A lot of different states, a lot of different provinces, like, have different habits about that stuff that also makes it semi-regional. So you add that in, you add in, like, just the way that warehouses are not based on collector need in North America. Uh, And it's hard to really say, like, whether or not, like, something is a worrying trend um, when it comes to just straight-up regular Transformers. When it comes to stuff like, you know, Metroplexes and Fort Maxes, like, big prestige pieces or massive box sets, you know, like, that can be something where you might see, say, if that stuff is shelf-warming real bad, maybe we just won't see more of those uh, as regularly for the next year or two. But, yeah, otherwise, I think, like, keep in mind the situation you've got going on and then see what it looks like in the next year. And if it still matches up, see what it looks like the next year. And then you've got, like, a real uh, a real solid trend going on. Um, anyway, I was thrown there again. I'm also very jealous that your Kmart has Slug Slingers, because I want that figure. And it was at ages three and up for, like, all of a minute and then sold out. So I'm like, oh, man. Like, I hope that thing comes out. Anyway, um, that does it for our list of questions. So, Seth, uh, we could do some what we got this week. Uh, if you if you'd like, have you got some stuff you'd like to talk about this week? Not on topic, although I have something that I just clicked ship, and hopefully we'll be here by the next time we record. Woo! Um, well, I have one on topic thing to really talk about, so I'll, I'll throw that up first, and then uh, we'll, we'll do one of yours. Let's hot potato this. Let's go back and forth a little bit. Okay. Uh, my on-topic thing is a fan expo's going on this weekend, and thanks to uh, one Mr. Hoopla, uh, who is on the floor, um, I was able to get Masterpiece Movie Did Optimus Prime. Uh, no, he's standing on the floor. Oh. Not lying on the floor. Uh, we don't lie down over here. Um... I got Masterpiece Movie Optimus Prime for a very nominal price because the Hasbro booth, which is done in uh, in partnership with Toys R Us Canada, they have some product there. They have Masterpiece Movie Prime there. And apparently they don't know how much he costs, so they just gave him Masterpiece Bumblebee's price uh, of 130 Canadian dollars. And I was like, well, that seems pretty good because a bunch of us are pretty sure he's going to be 200-something when he actually comes out. So uh, I said, yeah, Hoopla, I will take one. And then when he went to get one, that Toys R Us Hasbro booth had marked all of their Transformers and stuff down 25%. So now Masterpiece Movie Prime was 90 Canadian dollars plus tax. So he was about 100 some bucks at the end of end of the day. 
that's a real darn good price. So, uh, yeah, I jumped on that. Uh, got the figure. I really like the figure. I will say right up front, there are troubles getting his truck mode to come together at the end. Because it's a really good transformation, and at the end, it very suddenly requires, like, at least eight different tab slot connections to work perfectly. And unfortunately, the micrometers of their of their tabs and slots are not perfect uh, through the mass production process. I have been able to get the truck to lock together properly, but it took a while to figure out exactly where to press and push at the same time. And there is a massive amount of tension throughout the truck mode where if you bump it, not not like, you know, touch it, it's not going to spring apart. But if you like, you know, bump that thing pretty solid, you might knock three or four of those connections out of whack. Uh, and it's a it's a bummer because that's a real legit problem with the figure. And it is otherwise an, an incredibly well done figure. The transformation is an awesome concept. The robot mode is really darn poseable. It's a definite overall improvement over the the revenge revenge of the fallen leader toy the one thing that that leader toy still has though is at the very end when you just push that truck together and there's like a horizontal series of crunches and snaps real satisfying like this one doesn't have that uh but this does have a really friggin good transformation up until that point um it also has a lot of die cast for a modern toy and um yeah I, I'm, I'm very happy with it uh, doubly so now that I've figured out the transformation more, but if you pick this thing up and you just can't get that truck mode to go together and you watch a ton of videos and what everyone else is doing doesn't seem to be working for you, there's a good chance you're doing nothing wrong and that your copy just doesn't have the right tension on its tabs. Uh, I'm going to try floor polishing some of those tabs uh, sometime uh, in the near future and see if like adding that little extra layer of slightly flexible grip uh, fixes some more of these problems. But um, yeah, really well designed toy. Just it's a shame about the production, uh, and hopefully the Japanese version um, will have like another couple passes to tweak some of this up. But I'm not gonna hold my breath. Um, otherwise, like like the robot mode is great, full stop. And if if you're not gonna transform the toy very much, maybe you're still gonna be super satisfied. If you're not actually gonna engage with the truck mode, then you're you're not gonna engage with the biggest problem of the figure. Um, but yeah, it looks great. Good paint job. It's got got that silver lining around all the flames. Uh, it's got some quality look. Good accessories. Um, yeah, still thinking. Of, I just got it yesterday, so I'm still kind of you know putting my thoughts together on it. But I'm I'm kind of happy with it, uh, aside from the one unfortunate bit. Um, and that's my transformer that I got this week. Hmm. Uh, if you like Movie Prime, yo, pick it up. It's worth it. It generally improves on everything the Leer toy did. If you don't like Movie Prime, then like, why are you even asking if you if you want to buy a Movie Prime toy? Like, I don't know. It's, it's it still looks like Movie Prime. <laughs> um, so Seth, uh, what's your thing you got? Uh, well, it's off topic. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure we're ready to go off topic. Hey, listen, we're just we're gonna pass this potato around. I also, got we're gonna, the, we're gonna go uh, off topic. Okay. I got the Target exclusive Star Lord and Ego, the Living Planet two pack. Ooh, from Marvel, with those two really good looking and almost completely identical heads. Yeah, the two. <laughs> so okay, both figures come with two heads, and now this is my third Star Lord. So I got like six Star Lord heads. <laughs> um, so Star Lord has a good. Um, 
unmasked face and then just that same old masked face. Um, he's just got like the shorter jacket and the t-shirt from the last movie. Nothing really remarkable about the Star Lord. Um, but Ego comes with two heads and no other accessories directly for him. Like there, there's a lot to his figure though. Like he has a belt and a sash and a cloak. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got a lot of stuff on him, just nothing to hold. But which is fine. He didn't really hold much in the movie. Um, but his two heads is one has like a more kindly expression in the eyes and the other one has like frowny eyes like angry eyes like the the brow is angry brow it's furrowed yeah and then the mouth kind of looks more frowny but it's hard to tell because of his beard and mustache yeah, when you put up the picture, I remember I was like, I can't, I literally can't tell the difference at a glance. Like well, those I look like really another, good heads. Yeah, I tweeted and yeah, the head's fine. Yeah, it's just they don't look especially different. And I tweeted another picture today with the uh, where I balanced one head on the on the shoulder, so I had one attached and balanced the other head on the shoulder, so they're right next to each other, and. Even then, it's a little hard to tell. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the picture now. The Oh, yeah, it's he's Zaphod. I get it. <laughs> Just this guy, you know? <laughs> the, the, the kindly head... It's like when you put them next to each other, the kindly head starts to look more like Robin Williams. <laughs> sure. I guess. Because it's not even that furrowed a brow. It's more the other one has his eyebrows up, kind of. Yeah. And you can like, kind of yeah. see in the mouth the, the the grumpy head, like he's not even that angry. He's just a, he's a little grouchy. He's just he's just giving. And then you a in look. the other one, he's fine. He's not yeah. really that happy either. It's just like he, he's fine, and then, yeah, he's a little grumpy. Yeah, they they look great. The paintwork on the hair and the beard looks great. It's, yeah, they're so identical. And then I stuck one of the heads on the Star Lord body, and that looked fine too. Oh, that's weird. Did you see that picture? Yep, just scrolled it's up. It's like the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like a good two-pack. I think yeah, in Canada it's I mean, in Toys R Us, but I'm not if sure. If you have two Star Lords already, yeah. unless you really like that jacket t-shirt combo, <laughs> um, it's kind of unnecessary, but it's the only way to get ego, so there you go. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed out Ego got confined to a two-pack, but it makes some sense. It should have been Ego and Taserface. I'd have been down for movie Taser... You know what? It should have been Ego and actual 616 Taserface. Because 616 Taserface is ridiculous, and I kind of want a toy of him. Like, he's a... I I don't... I I do not want a movie and comic book two pack unless it's the same character, and even then I probably don't want it. I either I, want comic book style stuff or I want movie style stuff, and I can't stand that every friggin' wave that comes out tries to split the difference. This is this is a case I, I'm only making because it means I would get comic taser face. Yeah. That's that's the he he goes above and beyond the split because he's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Like that he's got Thor Ragnarok wave. Yeah. Comes with the Odin Sun. Which is a horrible figure. It's so dumb looking. Like he's got these his arms are too long. He's like got gorilla arms. It's it's ridiculous. Why not more movie characters? Why not movie Valkyrie? Why not Grandmaster? Why is half of this wave comic book characters? Now Lady Thor is fine, is a fine figure. Mm. Um but I would have rather her been in a different wave. Well, I mean, even the the Netflix wave, their build a figure is yeah. like friggin' man thing. Yeah, and, and I'm like, there's other comic book characters mixed in there. Yeah, I was because I, I I was I don't know the Netflix wave. I, I it looks good, but I was like, oh, how cool would it have been if Wilson Fisk was the build a figure? You know, in yeah. a world where Mantis can be a build a figure and Jubilee can be a build a figure, certainly Wilson Fisk can be a build a figure. I would have been fine with that. Yeah. Oh, um, I got an off-topic thing as well yesterday. Oh, did ya? You talked to me about it on Twitter, even. Well, you replied to me. Oh, yeah, you got that thing. Yeah, Yeah. you didn't. No, I talked to you, and you ignored me. That's right. You were like, I don't care about your opinions, you. I blanked you. I was actually glad you sent that reply, because I couldn't... I was pretty sure we'd talked about you having that figure, but then I was like, it was just distant enough that I was like, this might be me misremembering who had what. It was quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, so Silver Snail had a Midnight Madness sale last night uh, because last night was the night that Fan Expo had his dealer room close early. Because it was so midnight. They Yeah, they had, they had a sale. It was like 25% off all toys and a bunch of stuff I don't care about. Um, but they had 112 Collective Joker, who is kind of sold out in a lot of the major retailers. And I still thought that toy looked pretty cool. And then, so for 25% off as well, I, I, got, I got one over. So I went for it. I like the figure a lot. But yeah, uh, just about every problem, Seth, that you had with that figure, I have with him too. Um, I actually like the way he looks with the jacket on in certain poses, but then the jacket definitely, like, they tried real hard. I think it is still a really well done attempt at a 112 scale layered jacket over shirt, but it it runs into a wall that even six scale figures have run into. Where it's like. You kind of really got to keep his arms down. Yeah, the, the creasing on the shoulders just never looks normal. Uh,. And, like, six-scale figures, I think only recently in the last, like, three or four years have been able to overcome that. So, to a degree, I can't, like, you know, yell at Mezco for screwing something up. Like, it this, it was also, the, I think, their first figure with layered clothing that they ever did. So, uh, definitely, like, he looks also really great with the jacket off. Um, but he does not have enough accessories. And having layered clothing is probably the reason... But I would say, I mean, this is now in hindsight, I would say make him another 15 bucks and give him enough hands because he doesn't have enough accessories. Uh, And it's a problem with their line ongoing that I've noticed is like they just don't do symmetrical pairs of hands, which certainly probably saves some money. But in the long run, it ends up feeling like a weakness. And I think it's it is it is a massive problem that the Joker's only matching pair of hands are closed, balled up fists when to me, the Joker more often would have his hands open and he has exactly one open hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is definitely a big problem with that toy. And I I really hope, given the popularity of 112 Collective, that third-party people making more sets of hands for these toys starts to come up because I don't think Mezco has any reason to do that or any want to do that. So 
I would love it if someone were to do up like an additional set of hands for Joker along with some ungloved hands. Because I don't mind him having a short sleeve shirt and gloves on. I think it looks okay just color scheme wise. But certainly if you think about it for a while, it's kind of weird that he's wearing gloves still even with his jacket off. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a thing. I, I think the heads look amazing. But once I saw the comment in some reviews I went to check on to see if I was missing anything about the figure, it is kind of weird that his head goes for a look that mixes flesh tone and white, but then his arms are just solid white. Uh, I'm taking it as it looks like he had, like, in in the 89 movie, it looks like he had flesh makeup on that is all kind of wearing off. Uh, So it it makes sense to me still, but if you do look at it for too long, it can can raise questions in your mind. Yeah. the articulation on the guy, given that he doesn't have double-jointed elbows uh, by by his very buck design, I'm really impressed with what he's still able to do. I also believe double-jointed elbows are a bit of a must on a figure that's that, that expensive. Um, so I'm not sure if they've maybe changed that uh, going onwards. Because this is... the I think this was the first figure with the slim buck. Uh, and I'm not sure how much has changed since then. Um... But yeah, I'm I'm happy with the with the purchase. I think he looks when you get him in the right pose. Like this guy can look friggin' great. Uh, he's he's just sadly limited in in, in his accessory count. Uh, and, and yeah, you feel it. Like even looking at his display stand, I'm like, Joker doesn't need this display stand. I'm never gonna pose him jumping through the air. <laughs> and he stands like he has better ankles than every other one twelve figure I've ever messed with. So I'm like, he he doesn't have problems standing. Could have ditched the stand and given me some more hands, and I'd I'd have been happy about it. Uh, oh, also, like this is—I think the design looks fine, but it is like a semi-realistic, very unique take. It's friggin' weird to open his box and just be greeted with a giant piece of art from like '80s Joker that looks nothing like the figure in the box. Because <laughs> it does. I could see that making someone go like, "Man, I kind of wish I had a figure of like classic '80s Joker now." <laughs> Uh, I think that's 80s Joker that's in the box. It's the, the long chin and the kind of curly hair. Um, oh, let's see. I got the box over here. We'll, we'll get it. Yeah. I want to say that's an 80s Joker piece of art, but I don't I don't know my Joker art super well. Do-do-do. Slipping that slipcase off. And the plastic that was over the slipcase. I just tossed that. Yeah. Trying to keep it clean. That was the slipcase? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got that flap there. <laughs> Yeah, that looks like some 80s-ass Joker stuff. Okay. Um, if it's yeah. not, it's inspired by. So. Super duper inspired by. Might as well be. Yeah, I, I end of the day, I'm happy with the figure. I quite like him. Um, but yeah, he, he has very definite and very clear faults that I really hope Mezco are going to solve uh, in future similar releases. It certainly is not a bar to sit at and say, yeah, we did it. We did the best because, like, it ain't, you know, you can do better. I'm pretty sure some some of that rolling up your sleeves, some of that elbow grease. Anyway, Seth, anything else uh, that you got this week? Um, I don't think so. All right. Remember. I'm doing that thing where I'm looking around to see if I'm forgetting anything. Uh, I got I all so. the skins in Overwatch from Summer Games. Yay! I uh, I didn't get I didn't get Barbecue Dad Soldier, and that kind of uh, bummed me out. But I never play awesome. Soldier, so. Oh, there you go. Like I see it all the time, so that's that's close enough, I guess. Did you get Lifeguard McCree? I did. Did you notice when you play as Lifeguard McCree, his gun is like a flare gun? Yep. 
It, it made me play good. more McCree, and I got a little bit better with McCree. I'm still pretty terrible with any assault class that isn't Doomfist, but I had some moments with McCree where I started to get him. Yeah, I'm not that good with him either. Um, you got too, too, too much aiming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have learned, like, when I'm playing Doomfist and the other team has a really good Pharah, then it's time for me to play Pharah or someone else, because Pharah is kind of, is, is a very good Doomfist counter. Oh. Because she flies up where he can't punch her, and she shoots him with rockets that hurt. And he's made of glass. So I've yeah. only used Doomfist two or three times so far, and I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I don't know why he clicked with me. Uh, sometimes, you know, it still goes real bad, but... Uh, Doomfist clicked with me, and then right after that, I kind of started to get Reinhardt. I, pl I play a very spicy Reinhardt, which maybe is not proper, but I have fun, and I sometimes do real well. That's the Overwatch update. <laughs> and Diablo 3, I finished uh, the Season 11 achievements to get that set armor and the hey. dragon pet. Um, there's no way I'm going to do the, the next tier of stuff, like you got to be like a level 70 rift and I'm not anywhere near being able to do that. Um, so I did that with a crusader and by the time I was done, I had all the, all the class crusader class achievements except for one, mm -hmm. which requires you to play through, um, the campaign with the other gender. So basically I have to play through the whole campaign twice to get all the achievements. Mm. So I started doing that in the season because I could share the 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 stash. The seasonal characters are separate from just your playing ass character. Um separate stashes and stuff. Um so once I had this other crusader I just played through with, I could put a bunch of stuff in the stash to use on the new guy that's all crusader appropriate. Um so now I'm racing to get that done before the season ends uh, because I'm not sure what happens. I think those characters just become regular ass characters, but I don't want to risk it and have to start all the way over again. <laughs> <laughs> but so I guess they're testing season 12 and Diablo's PTR, which means I probably have several weeks and I'm on the last act, so I'll get it done. Yeah. Um, but I've just been making sure. <laughs> <laughs> are you, uh, this is, this is sort of out of the blue. Are, I forgot if we talked about this. Are you at all interested in that PUBG game? Um, more as a spectator. Ah, uh, I, I've been, I've been playing a lot more of that too. And, uh, and then I forgot if you were into that stuff or not. The, the one thing that game is missing that it desperately could use is a really good spectator system. Uh-huh. Because uh, there's in custom servers, if you're running a custom server, you can spectate the whole match and, like, fly around and see where everyone is. And having seen what that looks like, the idea of just logging in and getting to float around and actually see where everyone is and see, like, how people literally crawl past each other without knowing that they're there, like, that could be incredible. Uh... So hopefully with the thing picking up, like, that becomes more doable. Like, not maybe live spectating, but, you know, after the fact. Um, yeah. That's a that's a real... In teams, that game is astonishingly fun. I, I imagine so. It's just I don't have a good gaming PC setup situation. And I, 
a game that's several years old and not that resource intensive like Diablo is fine. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd be able to run a game like that very well with my current setup and and I don't know. Yeah. I kind of like the solitude of Diablo, which you can play with other people, but I don't. Well, I mean, I te- don't. technically the goal in PUBG is to achieve solitude by killing everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, but like the team version <laughs> seems more interesting to me than the solo version. I, I think it is. A lot of people have made the case to me about the solo, but the case they make is why I don't enjoy it that much, because it's the solo is almost like a horror game. Like, it's insanely tense. Uh, the problem is, I don't actually find that very enjoyable. Yeah, and by Whereas, spectating it, I mean more, I like watching short clips of crazy stuff happening. Yeah. Alrighty. Like I saw was... a clip just recently of the giant bomb crew playing, and they ended up bailing out of the plane in the same place where almost everybody else was bailing out and they were all landing on like the roof of a big building and yep and jeff is getting killed because a dude already got a gun and abby's coming down and she does like a flying punch to try to take the dude out misses misses and flies (laughs) off the edge of the building (laughs) the one thing that game there's a couple things that game is missing but they're addressing like they're going to put vaulting in and like like climbing over scenery in pretty pretty soon once they get it figured out the one thing i want them to add to that game because the only melee in that game is the punch and i would love it if they could just add like a friggin spear because i want to spear someone off a roof (laughs) Just run at them, shoulder tackle. We both go off the roof. I only take one quarter fall damage because I cushion my landing with their friggin' body. Yeah. I just wanted her to land that punch. That would have been amazing. She <laughs> took that dude out with a flying punch. That would have been super, awesome. Superman punch is, that Superman punch is tricky. Like, the timing on the punch, it's like the muddiest timing. The jump punch. Anyway. Um, if that's all we got this week... Uh, then I think that's that's a podcast for this week. Short uh, one. Short one. Oh, it's we, a short one. We potentially got a pile of Hascon news around the corner. Potentially, who knows? Maybe they're not going to do anything. <laughs> they'll just they'll they'll show off like four pieces of art and they go like, "Come see us in in February. We see the real reveals, or New York Comic Con or something." The um, Hascon's all about Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, I played Please. some. Uh, Daryl from Transmissions Podcast was in town the other week, and I hung out with him and his cousins and played some Magic the Gathering, because his cousins are way into Magic the Gathering right now. So, uh, they just gave me one of their tuned decks. That game is super fun if you don't have to buy the cards or build a deck. Like, if if you know someone who just has, like, eight or nine well-tuned decks that they've been tweaking for months... Just get your buddy to like lend you one of them and have have a game or two. Like yeah. that's a that's a fun game if you don't have to spend money and time on it. <laughs> it's the spending money and time part where I was I almost was like maybe I should get back into magic. This was super fun. Then I was like buying cards, having to track down the good ones times four. No, never mind. I don't want to do this. Um, it was pretty fun. And maybe there'll be some fun magic news out of Hascon as well. Who knows? Uh, in the meantime, thanks Seth for joining me on this Sunday recording. Sure. And uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back, probably post Hascon, uh, with whatever happens there. See you then. Bye bye.